your name, first of all? Otto. Otto, that's right. Otto. Otto. Sit right here, Otto. Kind of sit okay. right here. You sit there. We'll have a separate <sighs> chair for your arms. <laughs> oh, oh come on! Like Thank we you. weren't all thinking it. Okay, so tell us your story. Okay, uh, so my story starts. This was back when I was 16 at my buddy Cody's house, early 1900s house, very old in the middle of nowhere. Well, he always told us that it was haunted, but I was always like, bullshit. No, it's not. And he was like, dude, I swear. He's like, well. Let's 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 take a night. Let's go ghosting. It was me, him, and three other friends. There's five of us. So what we decided to do is he lives in the attic, and he's like, we should go down to the basement. So we have to go down from his attic through the kitchen to the basement. Already, as soon as I walk outside the door, I'm video recording from my phone. And as I'm video recording, as soon as as soon as I start video recording, I go into the kitchen. All of a sudden, I catch an EVP off the bat of a woman. And she keeps she says twice, help me, he's got me. She says it twice. And just a quick uh, story to the thing. The reason his house is haunted is that apparently when the house was first built in the early 1900s, a woman had some terrible things happen to her and she was murdered. And so he told me he's heard things before, but I could never really verify. He never had anything, so that's why we did this. What was so odd when all of a sudden I heard, like, clear as day, she said, help me, he's got me twice. And it got weirder, because as we were, as I was reaching for the door to the basement, it sounded like she was trying to say it again, but someone was muffling her mouth. <laughs> So, and I couldn't, I didn't point it, point it out at first. My buddy Cody was like, dude, it sounds like someone's stopping her from saying something. I was like, I was back, I'm like, oh shit, you're right, it does. So we went down in the basement, and I mean, basement, two o'clock in the morning, it's winter, so you're freezing, it's pitch fuck black. The basement. In the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hashtag fuck a basement. So, <laughs> so I'm just like, we're just like freezing, like all huddling together. And my buddy Cody's telling us the story. And he was like, dude, I gotta show you something. I'm like, what is it? He shows us, he shows, takes us to this wall on the far side. And what you see is like these like dug in marks into the brick. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, that's where she dug her fingernails into the brick from being in this place. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, guys, anything on your side? No, we're good. So he's telling us the story. And I caught another EVP, but this time of a guy. And I couldn't understand what he was saying. It, like he was speaking backwards. It was really weird. We thought it was like tongues or something. We don't know. It was weird. So. It was a fucking ghost. I, I know, right? <laughs> I mentioned a guy and it just pops up like, oh man, he's on me. <laughs> so. It, that was it, some shit, y'all. That it, was some shit. <laughs> Fuck whoever that was. It, it, took a, it took a turn for the worse when my buddy Cody looks at me. He's got this pale look on his face and he's just like dude point your light at that wall i'm like that wall he's like yeah i'm like okay so i point <laughs> jamie's like don't, don't point do your light don't I, point your light i did and i didn't point my light at the wall and nothing happened the end i wish that would have been happened but i point my light and what you see on the wall looks like a blood splatter and he freaks he's like dude that that wasn't there that wasn't there so he and two of the other guys dip but i'm like no wait if we're getting something hold on i'm like chris wait and chris chris was well, he was high, so he didn't care. I'm like, Chris, stay. <laughs> I'm like, Chris, wait. He's like, he's like, okay. And I was just like, so we stayed down there for like another 10 minutes. And it was, 
I didn't catch anything. I couldn't catch any more EVP, so I'm like, alright, let's go back upstairs. You they only got two. Only the two. Yeah. Well, three. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Only well, I, the three. So How sad for you. I know. I <laughs> well, because we got so much good stuff, and I was hoping for more, but it didn't happen. But we go back upstairs. They're in the kitchen. Cody's drinking a beer. I was like, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So I'm like, alright, let's go back upstairs. Well, when we left, he had, you know, he had a stereo system. He was playing bull for my Valentine in there. And we go upstairs, and all of a sudden we just... Everyone's quietly judging. Go ahead. <laughs> it's everyone's like, it seems like an you inappropriate can hear it. Oh, we're <laughs> for the oh, it's okay. And no. this is what seems we talk about with energy. Like, we can all feel it. Okay, yeah, so uh, we were rocking out before we went down there. Um, we had to get the blood going. But all of a sudden, like, we're walking on the steps, and we just hear breathing. We're like, and we're like, dude, why is there breathing going on in here? Well, we go up, and it's coming from the stereo. It's at the 41 minute mark. And we were like, just listening. It's just. And I'm, we're just like looking at each other. We're like, like Cody, is this an extended cut of Bullet from My Bones? He's like, no. Okay. Uh, and it just is weird. So then I recorded, I rewind it to the 30 minute mark. Still breathing. Reminded of the 20 minute mark. Still breathing. I rewind it all the way back. I'm like, when did the song end? It ended at 4 minutes and 32 seconds. Meaning this breathing was going on this whole time. And so we're like, okay. Um, we turned off the stereo. We stayed up till 5 o'clock in the morning telling Trek North jokes to relax ourselves. Um, then we passed out. I woke up at noon and I went to the basement to get my clothes out of the dryer. Well, this was where it's noon. It's midday, sunshine. It's a beautiful day. I go down there to grab my clothes. And I grab my clothes and I turn to the left. And all of a sudden, I see a woman, a 5'7" long brown hair, blue gown with a white apron, walks right to left about five feet in front of me, clear as day, and then just gone. I'm just like... Fuck a basement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, at first I was like, I was like, wait, and I was, it kind of, it just like, it happened so fast. I just thought, I'm like, what if this is the woman who was calling to help on my, on the AVP we captured? And I was just like, so I was just like, listen, if that's, you I caught, I I want to help if I can, but I don't know how, but I'm glad that you talked to us. I just kind of talked for a minute. And then I went back upstairs and I told him, like, hey man, I, I saw her. And he's like, we talking about, I'm like, I saw the woman whose voice we caught. He just looks at me and just like, oh shit. <laughs> and that's it. That's how it is. <laughs> thank you, Otto. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Otto. Oh, thank you, thank you. Appreciate you. Such a good story, good oh story. God. And that was where? In Indiana. In, in Indiana. Nowhere. Wow. Oh, where is <laughs> Hi. Hi. I'm Jamie Markey. And I'm a terrified Michael Tatum. Yes. <laughs> and this, and this is part where you guys cheer in a second after I say who we are, is School Intentions! We have our traditional Moscow mules. It's tradition in that there's usually alcohol in this cup. It may not be a mule. Cheers. It may not be a mule. It may it may be some other type of beverage, but it's delicious. Yeah, helps the. It's yeah. We celebrate the spirits with spirits. Yes. Mm. So what do you think about what would you do? What would I do? Yeah, in that uh, situation. I would have Otto go first. <laughs> in every situation. Like, right. Otto, you go. Just you, Otto. after you, sir. Yeah, Otto um, first. I do want to comment that my fiancé is watching this live stream, and he was oh, like, yeah. damn, Otto's arms are fucking huge. Yeah, right? 
That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Love you, baby. Yes. <laughs> Good story. Good. So we are in Louisville, Kentucky. Woo! Yeah. Uh, here at Supercon, and we are doing our very first ever live podcast stream. So thank you guys. It's our first live show ever, and you guys are our first ever live audience. Yeah. So thank you so much. And... Those of you uh, at home watching us on Twitch, you can't see, but we filled the goddamn room, can I just say? <laughs> so, thank you. That's the power of advertising. Yes, it is, right? <laughs> Ooh, ooh. Uh, so, so, that was an awesome cold open, so I want to talk about, like, so what would you do in that situation? Besides, Piss never myself? put yourself in it, because that, right. you would never um, do that. I don't know if I would have, like, spoken to it. Because what if it said something back? <laughs> I don't know why you do that. I don't like it. I don't like it. I would have. Um, I would have done what you. I would have had to talk. I'd have been like, so hi. Yeah. Anything you need? And I'm... then I would be next to him, being like, don't fucking touch it. Why are you fucking talking to it? Don't fucking. That's is, what I would have done. We actually this go on dynamic. ghost hunts together. This is what how it happens. I'll be like, is anyone in here? And she's like, don't answer. <laughs> Dude, there's, okay, so not far from where I live, there's this random fucking cemetery between, like, in the middle of this housing area. So it's like, like, it's just, it's, it's maybe twice as wide as this room and twice as long, like that, and it's, yeah. but there are like two headstones in it, so most of the other headstones are probably covered. Yeah, and super weird. And we were with a friend, and we were telling her about <laughs> it, and she just like whips it into the neighborhood and takes us like around a back way she figures out using the power of Satan, probably. <laughs> and she takes us behind and is like, oh, like, let's go see it. And we're like, fucking, what, what? And we're right next, it's dark, which is against everything I believe in. We're next to a cemetery in the dark, and she stops at a place by the fence that has clearly been pushed down, and so, like, you could get over there, and she's, like, starting to get out of the fence. And Michael, Michael, who's like, talk to the ghost, see what it says. Don't say no to an adventure. Michael's like, don't get out of the car! Don't get out of the car! I was afraid of the cops. I don't give a shit about a ghost. Yeah, he was afraid of the cops. I was like, don't I was like, do shit, it. The don't. Coming. She got out anyway, and she like shined her light around, and I was like, oh my god, this is how ghosts follow you home. I wonder how it would go if we were like in a cemetery where technically we're not supposed to be trespassing at night, and the cops show up, and like we're like in our ghost hunting gear, and we just pretend like we think the cops are ghosts. That'd be amazing. <laughs> just to kind of see how that plays out. Like they're yeah. like freeze, and we're like, can you talk to us? <laughs> What would you like us to do? We want you to freeze. They want us to freeze. This means something. Like that was I'm right. Or or just like pretend like you can't understand them. Let's play that back. I think they're saying I need to sneeze. I think that's I think that's what they're saying. Okay, so I guess we can get onto our stories because yes, yeah, there we have, is like, someone after us, so we want to make sure that we're out of this room in time for them. We've but never done this with a time limit before. I know. We normally just talk our faces off until we can't function. Um, so this is going to be different. But my, uh, I have to pull it up. What, what are you bringing? For? So, so part of the format is like we do this now is that we will bring each other stuff. Yeah. And I don't know what she's about to tell me. And so you're going to get my real reactions to everything she's about to tell me yeah. about what she could dig up. And then likewise, when it's my turn. Yeah. And I have it all here on my phone. So it's going to be super fucking inconvenient. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. So, okay. We knew we wanted to do something Louisville specific. Yeah. And so I knew what Michael was doing. 
and I wanted, I, there were several different options I had, and it's kind of, you're limited by what, you know, you can find on Wikipedia. So, <laughs> I actually found one of the most haunted areas in the Louisville area in Kentucky is Camp Taylor. Do you guys know Camp Taylor? I get some noddings? Yes. Okay, cool. There's a, not, there's a real nut. She's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, it's actually named after... Uh, it's considered the second most haunted place in Kentucky. It's uh -huh. about 2,000 square acres. Uh -huh. And it's, it was actually originally Camp Zachary Taylor after our 12th president. I know you guys all know and love him well. He spent a full 16 months in office before dying of, like, shits or something like that. <laughs> so, um, he died of dysentery. Something. He had, a, he had tummy issues, you know. He was just a diva about glucose or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> he did not know that he couldn't have gluten, and that's what happens. Uh, so anyway, um, but it's Taylor, and my grandfather's name was Taylor, and I was like, ooh, military Taylor, this sounds good. And then I dove down into the rabbit hole, and I've come up now. So this is what I found out. Okay, Camp Zachary Taylor. Currently, population of about 1,400 human beings living-ish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a neighborhood and former military base that's six miles southeast of downtown Louisville, so from where we are right now. Uh, it was first announced on June 11th, 1917, and was originally a military camp and brought a major boom to Louisville. Kind of like, you know, Amazon headquarters was trying to find a secondary. <laughs> like, that's what this camp did to Louisville. It made it a town. Okay. And it's because of uh, Fort Typical Knox for the time was close period. enough and they needed something so that they could have a, a training during mm. World War One. So they wanted to train the soldiers during World War One, And this is where they decided to do it. There were several, like, I think 16 or something uh, cities up for it. And they chose this... Um, farming community that had jack shit. And they were like, perfect, let's do it. And <laughs> so it brought this major boom. All of the streets are named after generals. So there's Sherman, Taylor, Lee, the area. Yeah, it's named for President Zachary Taylor. And also, isn't that the kid on Home Improvement? <laughs> Is that Zachary Taylor? Yeah. Zachary So see, he's here too with us right now. Bless <laughs> his, his spirit. I wonder if Wilson's We're at a too. con. He might be. He could be. He could be here. I don't know. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. Okay, so at the time in the, the 1917 area, it was America's largest military training camp and housed, keep in mind, 1,400 people right now. At the time, it housed 47,500 men at one time and spurred development in an area that was previously dominated by, like, cows and shit. So that lasted all of three whole years. Can anyone guess why that might have um, ended? All the cows and shit. <laughs> Great guess. No. Uh, it's, it was a little thing called the Spanish flu. Yeah, it struck the camp in 1918 and was highly contagious. Do you guys know? So the Spanish flu attacks the respiratory system. They apparently referred to it as the Blue Death. The lungs would fill with fluid from pneumonia because it was a double whammy, fun. You would basically suffocate to death and turn blue. And so that's why they called it the Blue Death. Get this. This is so crazy. In a three-week period of time, over 1,000 people died in that 2,000-square-acre area. 
So it was rampant. That's... And as I like to say, whoopsies, ghost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the flu actually killed more soldiers than any great war battle. Yeah, it's it's actually it the, it's crazy. it's what ended the war. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it is the flu it is. is what ended World War One. Yeah. Um, so the morgue that was set up on the base was not meant to handle all them dead bodies. So the Ooh. deaths came so fast they were forced to stack up coffins outside and stack up bodies inside. They were everywhere. There wasn't enough staff. There wasn't enough room. There was just death everywhere. Um, and then at night, they would take the bodies out so as to not f to freak out everybody else that was, you know, the citizens. They snuck out all the dead bodies under the cover of darkness so people wouldn't be freaking the fuck out like they should have been. Like, what are you doing? Nothing? Just, yeah, right. Nothing? What's that a stack of? Not just dead. Uh, not just whatever. It's my Christmas shipment. It's cows and shit. Yeah, it's cows, cows and shit. It's just cows and shit. Just cows just and shit. Just cows and shit. There were also reports of malaria, tuberculosis. There was this guy, I fucking, there was this guy on my flight. I swear to God, he had tuberculosis. He was going to die. And I was like, this is, there's going to be a dead body next to me. <laughs> and then I'm going to catch the TB. <laughs> Wasn't someone on Ron and Jack's plane also dying of something? Yes, like, yes. They all just there's come here? so much tuberculosis here, you guys. Get it together. <laughs> so Fuck. Um, okay, so... <laughs> All kinds of diseases. And then, as if that didn't make it bad enough, uh, other soldiers from other military training camps and other bases would be sent here if they were sick. So how many of those people do you think recovered if they were already had a weakened immune, immune system? Here, Spanish flu, enjoy yourself. Why are you so blue? Um, <laughs> Oh, let's, let's not fun. pretend we're better than that goddamn <laughs> Let us not. <laughs> I think it is kind of fun that there was a time not so long ago when we just named when we just named diseases after what you looked like yeah, afterwards. Right? Like, yeah. like the blue death, the spotted death, the I covered with shit death. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I like to call things meth face. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> It's true. Oh, everybody got quiet. It got real. It got fucking real, and I love it. Yeah, it's, they'll boo when you say blue death, but, <laughs> but meth face, they're meth like, whoa, face, that's oh, a that's bridge too far. Way too <laughs> but those cheeks are so thin, am I right? Um, so anyway, that's what a lot of the people say that paranormal activity stems from all of those people dying at once, so it creates like this portal of death of that energy, right? But... Um, after that, after all of the death and the dying and the horrible awfulness, they decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make this into a residential neighborhood. Yay! So instead of like getting rid of everything, they were, you know, they were resourceful and they recycled a lot of the buildings into the buildings that were houses. So they were like small bungalow and Cape Cod homes. So there's this school of thought... Not really. That's just what Michael says all the fucking time. So I, I was going to say, There's that's not my school. line. I know. I just stole it. Ah. Um, no, no, no. So uh, some people believe, because they didn't get rid of the stuff and they just tore it down and reused it, that the spirit stayed with that material. So I think it's the portal of death, personally. It seems, yeah, I'm getting some agreement. Yeah, it seems like portal of death is bigger than just like wood, but whatever. <laughs> what do I know? Uh, okay. Anytime you have a lot of death yeah. at one time in one place, it's yeah. really disturbing. And then, it's then not it was hard just to think like, like, yeah, that shit's on it. Of course it is. Can, like, a thousand yeah. people died in a day. 
a three-week period of time. That's practically a fucking day. I mean, <laughs> time is oh, relative. That makes it so much better. So never mind. It was three weeks. Never mind. Three weeks. False alarm, everyone. False alarm. It's nothing, fine. It's nothing. Ignore nothing. the stacks of coffins being dollied off down yeah, the hill. Yeah, it's just, but it feels like <laughs> nothing it, to see here. It feels like what they did was like cool. Like we have the best possible scenario for like a vicious haunting. Let's do all the other things to make sure that that happens. And that's just, kind of the direction they went. It was just solid marketing. Yay, Camp Taylor. So Camp now Taylor. it is filled with clapboard homes, brick bungalows, and a few indiscernible former latrines that were converted into homes. Yeah, so. Wait, wait, wait. There are people in Camp Taylor whose homes used to be shitters. <laughs> You can That's call it latrine all you want. It's a fucking shitter. They're made from the shitters. They're not the shitters. It's totally different. Portal of death. I'm more worried, like, the ghosts I can live with, but yeah. I'm like, people shed in my living room. <laughs> this is the history of my house. Like, yeah. we have the original crown molding and the hole in the floor. For the shitting. For the shitting. The great shitting of 1918. <laughs> it was a beautiful time. Everyone was blue. Um, so the hauntings. So here is what people experience pretty regularly if they live in Camp Taylor. Uh, residents and visitors have been known to see both Union and Confederate soldiers which is fucking random, but they see them walking through the neighborhoods. They'll also see World War I soldiers, usually about six or so, marching in formation down the streets. Yeah. They'll see soldiers just kind of going about their business, it's, and, and it's pretty regular. Some people say that they've seen Zachary Taylor himself, to which I'm like, I mean, he's an old white guy, don't they just all look the same? Oh, I thought you were talking about, I, sorry, I thought you were talking about the kid. Taylor from, Thomas? Yeah, yeah no. I was like, oh, cool, but he's not dead. Oh, oh, never mind. Right, right. I mean, that would, wouldn't that be funny? Just his career. Just be like, it's <gasps> the ghost of his career. Haunting <laughs> Camp tragedy. David, yeah. <laughs> Is it a tragedy? I'm oh, sorry. We will never know because it's dead. Um, okay, so other sold, yeah, okay. But, but, but cannon fire has reportedly been heard. And early mornings, some residents awake to the sound of a phantom bugle playing. Which you know that's, that's like fucking at six in the morning bullshit. Like, no. But go, ghost, let's be considerate. Let's not, this is not. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's just some bullshit. So, um, I mean, that's the kind of shit I would do if I were haunting. Right? <laughs> if I were a ghost, I'd be so bitter for the living. I'd be like, oh, you having a good sleep? It's my whole stick. It's right. just fucking with your night. Cock-a-doodle-doo, motherfuckers. Living privileged assholes. Yeah. Life privilege. Hashtag yeah, life privilege. Hashtag life privilege. Uh, the hospital area, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, That's that's got a lot of paranormal activity. Weird. Yeah, it's, by the way, if you're there, it's along Durrett Lane and Preston. That's where that is. Everyone's like, okay, wait. Also, a blonde woman in a blue dress is also seen after dark. It's another blue dress. Wait. Hashtag blit bitches in blue. Don't get... <laughs> Blue bitches. Blue bitches. Blue bitches. Okay. <laughs> so it's a, it's assumed she was an employee of the bordello. Oh. And apparently she's not very nice, so like don't make eye contact with her because she's going to give you some really serious resting bitch face. Um, <laughs> rest in peace bitch face. So some... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to 
want us all to let him own that. I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but I am. <laughs> it's good. It was really good. Okay, so some fun facts. Do we have any uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald fans? In here, or the like people Gatsby. who know of him and think he's a piece of shit, like that. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Oh, that fucking that guy. motherfucker." So he was stationed at Camp Taylor during this time period, and he survived. But he apparently went to what's the name of the hotel we were at? God uh, damn the, it, Sealbach. Sealbach Hotel. Yeah. So the Sealbach Hotel had the USO, and so he would go to the USO, and that is where he wrote *The Great Gatsby*. So it was while he was stationed at Camp Taylor that he wrote *The Great Gatsby*. We were at the Sealbach last night, uh, very, very intoxicated. But um, <laughs> it's the only way to get her to do a ghost tour. It's true. Then I'm like, let's do it, assholes. Let's go. Um, I'll do a ghost tour. I just don't want to go in a cemetery at dark. I think that's a reasonable thing, don't you guys? Like, why are you stirring the pot? Let's not. No. Some of anyway, you don't agree. Some we, of you don't agree. So if you're, you're at the Sealbach, if you guys can go fuck yourselves. Um, <laughs> so the Sealbach, if you go uh, late at night, the night, uh, the, the, the night head of security. Head of security thank you. He Patrick, will, his name is Patrick. Patrick, he's lovely. He's lo really tell your good. friends, tell your family. He will give you a ghost tour. It's about 40, 45 minutes. Tip him well because it's free. Um, and he takes you through the, through the hotel and tells you all of the history. Well, there is a story at the Sealbach about a woman in a blue dress who was a sex worker. And she had been working at the hotel. And uh, apparently her husband and her were like trying to get back together. On his way to the hotel to meet her, he was in a car accident and died. And when they went to try to find her to talk to her about it, you could, that she couldn't be found. And they found her three days later when the elevator uh, guy that burns the elevator um, saw blue fabric at the top of the elevator. And when they investigated, they found her body on top of the elevator shaft. So she had fallen to her death and nobody knows how. What I find interesting is a woman in a blue dress is not as common as bitches in white, right? You, bitches in white are everywhere. But the woman in blue, they're also being a woman in blue at Camp Taylor. I wonder if those are the same person because both of them are sex the workers, both at the exact same time period, both in the, you know, with The Great Gatsby being written all around that same time period, it makes me wonder if maybe that's the same woman. And of course she's pissed. She got pushed in an elevator shaft, right? So um, that is quick. It's a short one, but short that is good. the story of Camp Zachary Taylor. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you. I flew through it. I flew through it. That was good. That was good. But that was, that was good. good. We needed a short one because Michael's doing. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Michael. Fucking shut up, god damn it. It's someone out there being like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm doing Waverly Hills. Yay! Yeah. Everyone's like, yay! It's a, like, it's basically. They're like, a uh, fucking course you are, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, I get high there all the time. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I know, like everybody's like talking about their story. I've been there, I've been there. I saw I know, the ball. I know, right? I saw the ball. So we right. wanted to do a tour of it, but they don't give uh, tours legally here uh, during this time of year because it's too cold, but right. we'd like to. So it's, it's, on our, it's on our bucket list of things to do really drunk. Um, 
So I, I the Waverly Hills is uh, fascinating because, as many of you know, it is pretty much the most famous haunted location in the United States, possibly the world. People overseas know about it. It's also been the most featured on television. Every major, and there's guys we're living in the time where there's. Every fucking channel has a ghost hunting show. Yeah. <laughs> Disney has a ghost hunting show, I'm sure. Uh, the fucking Weather Channel is going to have a ghost hunting show soon. And Waverly Hills has been featured multiple times on all, all of them. Of them. Uh, and it's also, there have been independent documentaries done on it that you can see on YouTube or other media. There's also, it's also been mentioned briefly as it's kind of part of the larger extended universe of the Supernatural series. Um, right. So it's, it's famous. It's right. like the Lady Gaga. And now we've done it, motherfuckers. Yes. So, so, and what I <laughs> I like to do with these, and this is this is uh, kind of a portion of of the show that we do that I like to refer to as actually. actually. <laughs> but I, I, but it's a Michael explaining. It's a it yeah, it's a Michael explaining thing. I love delving into stories that I think I knew really well, and and actually doing some like serious like you know getting my hands dirty research and finding that actually uh, the story I thought I knew is only like the tip of the iceberg, or it's either complete bullshit, and the real story that's kind of behind it is much more fascinating. Um, this is the first time, and I, I not that I'm a debunker. I'm, I'm a believer in ghosts. He's I, I, a I don't I don't know what the fuck they are, but I I've had enough weird experiences in my own life that I don't I don't dismiss everything as fucking swamp gas or Venus. Um, but I you know, but I I'm fond. I'm always very suspicious of embedded legends because they tend to get big, and everyone has their own version. And it's like a game of telephone. It can you know yeah, and so over time these stories can get really large and take on uh, take on a lot of fiction that was never part of the original story that just becomes part of popular consciousness. Waverly is the first bit of research I've done for the show that basically everything they say about it seems to be fucking true. What? Which is probably why it's so famous. Because people it. are like, oh yeah. Tell me everything, Michael. So do you know why it's called Waverly Hills? Because there was someone named Waverly and it's on a hill. No. Oh. Uh, so it was actually purchased originally in 1883, which is an important date. That date's come up 1883. before. 1883. 1883. It was important. It was uh, bought by a guy named Major B. Hayes, uh, who bought it for the family. There was no school in town for his daughter to go to, so being this rich guy, he was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just build a schoolhouse. And he did. Uh, he hired a teacher named Lizzie, who uh, you know was a Borden? good friend of the family. No, not Lizzie Borden. <laughs> what was her name? Hang on, I have it written down here. Oh. It is Lizzie something or other. We We're just going to call her Lizzie. Uh, Lizzie Lee Thompson. Harris. Lizzie Lee Harris was her name, and she was a big fan of the Waverly novels of Sir Walter Scott, which uh, he wrote Ivanhoe and a bunch of others. Waverly, it all has to do with like the the, the Jacobin uh, uh, uprising in Scotland. Blah 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 blah. They were the most popular novels of their day. They were literally the the Harry Potter series of their day. Everyone who was literate read the Waverly novels. Literaturally. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that was uh, so, a really good clink. That was a good clink because yeah. I'm empty. Mm. It's a hollow clink. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, so he bought this land and he built the he built the uh, the schoolhouse for his daughters and for everyone else in town to go to school, which is very generous. <laughs> You're such a good friend. <sighs> and and Lizzie Lee Harris loved the Waverly novels and she loved how peaceful and, and remote and woodsy it was up there. So she used to refer to the schoolhouse as Waverly. The name stuck. Uh, Major B. Hayes was like, we're just going to call this place Waverly Hills, and that name stuck forever, even when it became a fucking tuberculosis hospital in the early part of uh, the 20th century. So tuberculosis. We all heard about all these other awful things that were happening here disease-wise. Tuberculosis, for those of you that don't know, is actually a bacteria-borne uh, uh, illness, which means, and it's airborne, which 
means it is highly communicable. And the climate here, being so close to the Ohio River, makes it very muggy and very hot for many, much of the year, which bacteria thrives in. So when tuberculosis came to Kentucky, it set up shop, and it basically set up killing every motherfucker it saw. And I mean, it, it, it was killed, your huckleberry. It killed tuberculosis, and there was no cure. There was no cure until they finally got a vaccine going much, much later in the early part of the 20th century. Um, they don't even know how many people it killed because we basically lost fucking count. That's how many lives it took. If you survive tuberculosis, it's not because the tuberculosis went away. It's because they managed the disease to let you live long enough that something else fucking killed you first. <laughs> and so in the early part of the 20th century, tuberculosis was becoming a bit of an issue. Not, not, it wasn't an epidemic just yet, but it was enough of a concern. It's real that shitty. The city hospital was like, we need to have a special place. It's too communicable. We need to, let's go to Major B. Hayes, his family by now. They had kind of uh, faded. So they were like, let's buy the land. And they gave them like $25,000 to build this uh, hospital, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in like 1907 money, that's a lot of money to throw at one illness. It's easily $47 billion. <laughs> yeah, it's like a good know. bazillion money, whatever. But $32 so that, trillion. Dollars, that's that's, but that, that gives you an idea of how serious uh, the, the, and how they needed to exclude everyone. It was so serious that they didn't wait to move the people there before they built it. Actually, the first 40 or 50 patients, because that was all they could contain, the first, the early building only was had about 50 beds. Um, the first 50 or so patients lived on site in tents while they were building the building. Uh, but they thought, hey, it's great because they need the fresh air. That's part of the treatment, and it did help a little bit. But th the selling point for tuberculosis patients was it's beautiful, it's peaceful. There's a lot of fresh air, which is good for extending your life expectancy if you have tuberculosis because your lungs aren't having to combat with all the pollutants in the city. Uh, which was a problem even then because of coal and all the industrialization going on in the early part of the 20th century. So, hey, come to Waverly Not all coal. Hills. Hashtag not all coal. It's <laughs> all coal. It's all coal. Sorry. It's all, it's all coal. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, if you have tuberculosis, you also don't want to breathe in coal. So, like, hey, remote. Yeah. But the real reason... I feel like you don't want to breathe in coal no matter what. Well... Fair. So, but the real reason they would send you to Waverly Hills once the hospital, the 50-bed hospital was built, is because that's where they just wanted to sequester you because it, they didn't, it was such a communicable disease that was essentially a quarantine zone. And, and which meant, by the way, so later in 1926, they extended the hospital into the building we know now with the bat wing design and five stories with the open porticos on either side on the fifth floor. This huge, it went from, in just a space of less than 20 years, it went from being a 50-bed hospital to one that contained many hundreds of people. I think the, at, at its height, it was about 600 beds uh, that it had. That's a lot. Um, that's how bad the problem was. But if you had tuberculosis and you went to Waverly Hills, it wasn't, it wasn't just the tuberculosis patients that got sequestered and who were uh, just there waiting to die and be ministered to and taken care of, of course. But the place was completely self-sufficient. It had its own water uh, system, its own septic system, its own farm. They raised their own animals. They had everything. And they were secluded away from everybody. They were also high up because bacteria was thought to rise in the air. So I thought everyone in town is going to be fine. If you worked as a doctor or a nurse, Waverly Hills was your last job. You never entered polite society again until they developed a vaccine. When they developed the vaccine that could finally fight it in the 40s, Waverly Hills uh, then sort of fell into disrepair. It later became, uh, very briefly, it became a geriatric home, which fell through from lack of funding. There are all sorts of horrible stories of bad treatment of both mental patients and old people that, that met their end there because there just was not the staffing to properly take care of them. But rewinding back to the tuberculosis years, 
This is a hospital filled with people who have various stages of the disease. It included a mental ward uh, on the fifth floor because uh, tuberculosis was thought, and there's some proof of this, at least at the time, that it could actually leap the blood-brain uh, blood barrier and cause you to go mad at a certain late advanced stages. So people would go tuberculosis mad, and they'd have to put them somewhere. So there was the fifth floor, uh, where which was the mental ward. Was Can also I say, I just love the term gone mad. I've gone mad. I've gone mad. Have you gone mad? I've gone mad. I love it. This is terrible, a terrible story, but I just really love that term. That's all. There's a certain dignity to it. There I've, is. I've gone mad. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> right. So you it's fling like, your champagne flute and, yeah. you, know, like if somebody's <laughs> and like, you burn the house down. <laughs> right. So if somebody's like, are you crazy or are you mad? You're like, I'm definitely mad. I'm, I'm not crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so, but so here's the thing about the, the mental ward on the fifth floor. The fifth floor was also where, by some brilliant design, they decided to put all the children. Um, and most well, of they the children. people crazy. That's just the fucking truth. It was thought at the time that that ma that people suffering from mental illness have the same developmental capacity as mentally as children, and so they thought, oh, they'll get along. They'll play it on. <laughs> a great idea. But they also were not, so. they were, this was not meant to be a mental hospital. This was also back in the very dark days of mental illness understanding where they're like, oh, you're crazy. Let's put you over here and lock you in a, a right. way where we just don't have to worry about you and we'll just Hold on, you're a woman who wants to express your own sexuality. You must have gone mad. Go into this hospital. Yeah, you're mad. Wait, uh, you don't, your husband's tired of you? Go to this hospital. That's, that's really that's what, what was. madness was back that's then. What it they was. were like, wait a minute, you have Hold thoughts of your own? No. <laughs> no <laughs> to the fifth floor with you. No ma'am. Um, so, um, and many of the children that were there were not themselves tuberculosis patients. They were the kids, they were the children of families that had to move there because oh, of tuberculosis. So very, very sad. And one of those children we'll talk about here in a moment. So But um, there's a ball involved. There is. Uh, it's a, that's a rather substantial trope in the ghost children mm -hmm. world. They really like to play with things like bouncy balls. Yeah. Um, just it was. The, it's the ghost toy of choice if you're a child it ghost. Is. It is. So. Um, in Waverly Hills, when they, uh, some of the treatments, and these are just some of the horrific things, it wasn't just people waiting around dying and coughing up blood. Sometimes they would do everything they could. I mean, these doctors were vested in trying to help the people and to extend their lives, even though there wasn't a cure. There were certain things they could do in the last extremity to, to expand your lung capacity, and they were horrific, barbaric, if well-meaning operations. Um, they could shove a balloon into your lungs to try to expand them, which of course had disastrous effects, and it was a last-ditch effort. Less than 15% of patients who actually took the operation survived it. Um, and that they sounds took, awful. It was awful. There's a worse one where they would just open you up and remove your ribs and your internal organs and move them around to give your lungs room to expand naturally to kind of be able to breathe around the desiccation in your lungs from the tuberculosis. But what a slimming a surgery, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, so a lot of awful shit going down. These people were, you know, I mean, it, was, it was just unimaginable. But there was also, even if you were not one of the more advanced patients, they typically thought that fresh air uh, was good for you. And it is, in theory, if notice of those of you that have been to the building, the area upstairs or the area on the other side of the, on either side of the bat wing, right, where it kind of juxtaposes with the central tower, those are these open air porticos that have these major windows that are not paned, they're just open archways uh, that are there. And these were huge porches where patients were encouraged and sometimes compelled to go and sit to take in the air whatever the fucking weather was. There are surviving photos of dozens of tuberculosis patients out on these folding chairs covered in snow because they were thought, well, I mean, you know, it's cold, but do you want to die? Um, and tuberculosis. Do you want to build a the... snowman? 
<laughs> oh God, that's so funny. Um, so, uh, so this was the kind of era of the tuberculosis, uh, you know, plague and epidemic. And again, you have to imagine what life was like there for both the staff and the patients and the families of patients who had to live there because they couldn't survive on their own. If mom was going to the hospital, then they went too. That was just the only answer we had for the back then, poor souls. So during this time, this is when some of the more famous specific tragedies that contribute to the haunting uh, started happening. One of them was in 1920, I believe it's 1928. In 1928, uh, the then head nurse named Mary Hillenberg, uh, she was only 29 years old and apparently she was pregnant. And a head nurse already? And Fantastic. And a head nurse. Well, she was probably the only woman who would take the job. She was alive at 29. Um, Yay! Well, not for long. Oh. So uh, she, was, she was pregnant, and she did not have a husband, and they found her. She had hung herself by the elbow piping outside of room 502, which is a rather infamous location now. Uh, that's all we know for sure. There are assertions, and there are not a lot to support it, but it's not difficult to believe, given the circumstances, that um, the, the, one of the major interpretations or, or spins on that story is that she was having an affair with a married doctor who, when he discovered she was pregnant, tried to perform an abortion on her, which mm. went horrible, killed her, and then he had to stage her suicide to get out of any trouble that he might have That must have, have been so rough for him. What a fucker, right? Right? Yeah. Um, and, and indeed, one of the hauntings is said to be of a doctor in, on the fifth floor, which is where 502 is. Um, it's right near the nurse's lounge. Um, they, one of the apparitions, apart from Mary herself, which is said to wander the halls, uh, the specter of a man in white covered in blood is seen going into the operating theater and disappearing. And so many people have seen him now that they're just like, yep, you see, yeah, go on the fifth floor, he's there. Um, it's so fucking common. Like both the fourth and the fifth floors are incredibly active. Um, there's also the story of another nurse a little later who apparently jumped to her death from one of the porches. At, uh, but I personally, there's no name for her that I could find in the records. There are several candidates. I personally think it's a conflation of what happened to Mary with what happened to a little boy named Timothy O'Shea who lived there with his mother. He himself was, again, just there with his mom who, was, uh, who had tuberculosis. He was on the fifth floor, and he loved playing with his little blue bouncy ball. And he was only about 11 years old, I believe, and he uh, fell to his death from the porch on the fifth floor and died because it was, again, the urban legend uh, is that because it was on the same floor as the mental ward, it's thought that he was stalked and pushed by, by one of the mental patients. There's no proof of that, but we do know that Timothy existed and we do know that he died in that way. Uh, which is tragic, and his ghost is said to haunt the halls. They see him, but frequently they hear the sound of a ball bouncing. I and wish you... we could get together all of the little children that bounce balls across the world in various hauntings so they could just play together forever. Aww. Wouldn't that be nice? It'd be like a ghostly jamboree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a million-dollar idea, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> I'm a thinker, you guys. <laughs> but, he's, but he's said to haunt the halls there, and many, many people have seen him. Uh, what else could I dig up? Um, oh, this dark. is a little side a note. This is not. Term. It's like so the property, uh, because of I mean, it just seems to be cursed because of everything that's happened there, especially during the tuberculosis ward years, but and and the geriatric hospital years where people you know suffered a lot of pain. But um, 
in like the 90s, you guys may know this story, but in the 90s when the property had been standing abandoned for several years at that time, over a decade I believe, this crazy like religious evangelist bought the place and was going to turn it into like this worship center because that seems great. Oh, cool. Mm. Pain and suffering. That's our place. Like I don't I mean that is a we'll very religious centric idea. Let's be honest, he could he could probably buy it for a song. So he's like, "Oh, and it and it is a lovely area, but so he bought the place, and he wanted to have this giant, uh, church, uh, this giant uh, church and everything. And he wanted the top. He didn't want to change much about the layout of the building. He wanted to put a giant Jesus statue on top that was going to rival that of the famous Jesus statue, the Redeemer statue in Rio. Uh, Rio uh, yes, yeah, Christ the Redeemer. Uh, yeah, in, 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 uh, no, in the yeah Rio de Janeiro. Oh, Rio. Really? Uh, yeah, That's the really, different. really big one. Everyone knows is where he's like doing like this. He, right? he wanted to have a Jesus. bigger statue than that in on Waverly Hills. And you know and what would Jesus love more? Than to be like, I need a statue. A giant statue. Um, well, and so what I think is the kind of a funny fucking selfie. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Well, what I think is kind of a funny side note to this, just a little levity in the middle of all this tragedy, is that the guy was like, I'm going to raise eight million dollars for phase one of this plan. <laughs> in two years, he raised three thousand and had to shut down. Love it. Um, so fuck him. And then, <laughs> and now it, it stands as it does now. It's been owned by a couple people who've been slowly restoring it or just kind of keeping it. Uh, it's been it's been proclaimed a. Uh, proclaimed words uh, a historical landmark and so now it's owned by uh, I believe her name is Tina Mattingly and she and she's the co-owner and she actually gives tours herself she's had many 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 experiences I really want to meet her person but um, so among the hauntings and that's just a kind of smattering there's a lot of other shit that I could find but of course I have to kind of you know wrap yeah, all this have, up in, in just yeah. a few minutes so some of the hauntings let me just find some of the ghosts. Uh, apart from the, the famous doctor in, in bloody white uh, spats in going into the operating room that's seen outside of the operating theater on the fifth floor, there's another man in white, hashtag bastards, bastards in white, white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is, but he's, he's wearing a culinary garb and he's seen in the kitchen. And it's happened on multiple occasions. Now the kitchen itself is in severe disrepair and has been, like the roof is caving in. Like it is not, it's not something you could cook in anymore. But there have been multiple uh, you know, uh, reputable uh, parapsychologists and paranormal teams go in there who have smelled and heard the sounds of cooking and seen this dude walking around like in the corner of their eye or they see him duck behind and someone runs to be like, what the fuck are you doing here? And they go and the kitchen is abandoned, but it smells like baking bread. And the smell of baking bread is intense, y'all. It's, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, so yeah. they smell, that happens frequently enough that it's now a thing. And no what one knows who that guy could be. What would be worse? To have the smell that you, because baking bread and then you can't eat it is rough, but what would be worse? That or bacon? Do I have to choose? I mean, they're, they're both pretty awful. But what? It's, the smell of bread and no, bacon? No, you can't fucking eat it because it's ghost smell. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> like, ghostly bacon. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be awful if you're like, ooh, bacon, and then it's like, ghost guy walks off, and it's like, motherfucker. Yeah, but even though this guy in white and the smell of bacon is actually seen frequently enough that it becomes a thing, no one really knows who it was. It's, again, oh. kind of lost to history. And bear in mind, this is a time, too, he, when he was probably working for the place where people, there was a fair amount of anonymous people who history has simply forgotten. There's no records of them. Mm -hmm. And there may have been records at one time, but this was well before the digital age where everything you and I have done is Ever. you know fucking clear your browser history um, <laughs> oh that reminds me so uh, <laughs> but this was My back problems. in the day then all you needed was a good uh, you know like a, a courthouse where most of the records were kept birth certificates things like that there might be a fire and then you'd lose hundreds of years of family history right there and no one is alive to remember so 
just bear in mind, like where we live in an age where everything you do is documented and every selfie you post on the internet, even if you delete it, is around theoretically forever. There, the vast majority of people that have come before us are completely unknown to us and will never be known because there's zero record at all. Um, so. That's why, but that's for me what I love about ghost stories specifically is because we get to know those people that may mm. not be in the history mm. books, the people who whose stories are passed around in journals or through the oral history and stuff like that. That to me, it's so much more interesting to me who like the the social dynamics and. And like, who was fucking whom? You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> That's what I want to know. I don't is, care who was president. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Like, I mean, stories, I do care, but like, I want to know who's hooking way. up with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, of course, uh, Timothy O'Shea is said to haunt the place. People see him, hear chill, uh, child's laughter, young boy's laughter all the time. Uh, they, they'll, they'll hear or they'll, hear, they'll uh, hear the ball bouncing. Some teams have brought in uh, balls. <laughs> you get two more of those. <laughs> you guys, um, it's like, bless, we bless you three times. very fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is Timothy he turning is blue? Well How is everything? Is he, it's the blue death. <laughs> um, it is hot as fuck in here. Tuberculosis would thrive. It's thriving. It's thriving. So, uh, so on your neighbor. Timothy. Let's see what happens. The fourth floor hallway. There's a main corridor down the fourth floor. Now, who? Quick show of hands. Who here has actually been to Waverly? There must be some of you. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. That's a good so uh, that's that's really awesome. Oh, there was the a gentleman in my line um, earlier today whose mother was a tuberculosis t- tuberculosis patient there at the at the Waverly when it was still a hospital. That's fucked. It was. Um, she survived. Crazy. She survived. She was like the one person to survive. Yeah. Um, there is hope, you guys. <laughs> well, now we have a vaccine. Right. So um, there's Timothy. So the fourth floor uh, main corridor, when you come off, it's like right near the nurse's station or whatever, and then it goes down and there's hallways. That place is apparently incredibly active. Like you go down there and there's a lot of natural light from the windows at the end. Um, but there, and of course it's, it's um, so I mean, there hasn't been anyone that's gone up there at any time of night that hasn't seen shadows darting out where there shouldn't be, like shadow figures. They'll hear doors slam. They're, they'll hear footsteps where there are none. And, uh, and that, that it's so active that everyone's like, oh yeah, fourth floor. It's kind of like the ballroom we went to, but that's a story for another time, mm-hmm. um, where it's so active, it's just known if you go on the fourth floor, you're going to experience something. Um, one of the creepier stories I was able to encounter is a kind of ghost that really no one knows who or what it was or is, but it's frequent. There's a guy they call the creeper, and you're shaking your head. Oh, this I mean, idea that's of an excellent name. We all felt creeped out yeah. right then in that moment. Um, it's an is, effective title. He, and not to assign him a gender, but you know, if, if he's, he's evil, creepy, nine times out of ten. If he's evil, it's probably a dude. Usually, um, <laughs> usually there's a dick involved. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Dicks are evil. I mean, At the very least, they're creepy. It's okay, guys. I'll take one for the team. This defines our friendship, and this is why I will go into a cemetery at night, and you won't. No. So, Dicks are creepy. I humbly beg to differ. <laughs> I mean, I may be biased. Um, so uh, the, the creeper is described as, as kind of a species of shadow man. He's dark and there's no real features. Uh, in fact, he's often uh, described as completely faceless, rather tall. Um, he has these long tapering limbs. And before you think Slender Man and that bullshit, it's, um, he is on all fours and he scuttles around on the ceiling. No! 
Yeah. Fuck the creeper. And uh, it's and people will see him and they they and it happens in broad daylight. It'll happen at night if you're dumb enough to be there at night by yourself. But oh no no, always... we're supposed to go at night so that we can have a story. Oh, let's go at night and get drunk. Fuck you. <laughs> You'll go. I'll the get you creeper? Drink. The creeper. And, I and would literally shit myself. I think, and I think that's what he wants. He's like, ah, I got another one. Like, maybe, for all I know, he's just a really mean asshole that just wants you to shit yourself. Like, that's where he gets his delight. I'm like, I love Done. making living people shit themselves. Again, I could see the appeal. If I were a ghost, I'd want to fuck with people. That's me. If I ever haunt anyone's it's house, terrifying. I would be the biggest asshole ghost. I'm just telling you right now. You I would. couldn't resist. Just for fun. But the creeper is seen by a lot of people, and before there's a this overwhelming. I have nightmares about that. Huh? I'm not nightmares about that. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, there's an overwhelming sense of dread that kind of prefaces his appearance and people will feel it sometimes an hour or so before like exploring they'll just feel it in this particular no. area and they'll begin and his his appearance seems to kind of go in phases first comes the dread the panic the sort of you know the weird and like we all the have most... the panic we all have the dread right now <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be okay. I will protect you from the creeper. No, you won't. I won't. <laughs> At all. So dread. We're dread. We're feeling dread. Dread. And then after a person kind of deals with that dread and continues on their stalwart you know, mission to, to find this haunting or to get what they can, they will begin seeing him in the corner of their eye. And then he straight up starts just crawling over the wall. I don't and like it. Them and, yeah. I don't like and it. And no one's ever stayed long enough to ask him, what can I do for you? They always run the fuck away. You should do that, Michael. That's your choice. I, I you will. Can do that. I will. I will um, run away. Just to keep with tradition, and you can stay and be like, Creeper dude, what's this sailing shit about? He might be a nice guy. Sounds like it. Sounds like a sweetheart. <laughs> he can't help it. I don't know. So uh, so that's the Creeper, and the, oh, the last God. little story I'll it. tell since i got to wrap it up here is, uh, so not so long ago, actually, in just the 90s, there was a homeless guy and his dog who lived uh, illegally on the side squatters. Um, and uh, they apparently, both of them, died by falling down one of the empty elevator shafts. The owner... It's very common in empty buildings. Yeah. There's a lot I mean, of people falling to their deaths in this place, can I just, just say. This seems to be step. the theme. Just watch your step in life. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. If you see an abandoned elevator shaft, go the other fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stop. But, but again, kind of like with Our Lady in Blue at the Seelbach Hotel, there's some people that think he must have been pushed because he would have known that building very well. He'd been living there. There was evidence to suggest he'd been living there for quite some time. So it's... it's and someone pushed the fucking dog, which is bullshit. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. It might have been the creeper. Just saying. Oh, I don't like the creeper. The creeper's an asshole. The creeper seems like... We don't like him. We don't like him Creepy if he did dick. it. But again, I don't know that he did it. Uh, but we do know that the ghost of the homeless guy, whose name we don't know, sadly, or the dog, we know that he had a, uh, apparently it was a small, white, mini German shepherd. <laughs> Blue that death, hilarious. Tuberculosis, very funny. Small, white, German shepherd dog, we are dead inside now. <laughs> so, it's true. so sad. Well, I mean, when people die, it's like, well, I mean, they were people. How you good could they be? But a dog, like... dogs are just Nothing. angels. Dogs are just perfect angels. Dogs are angels with bad table manners. That's it. <laughs> Love them. Um, so, uh, so yeah, even the, the, the current owner sees him frequently. In fact, the first time she, she started researching it because she saw him, she had just given a tour, and uh, she was coming up, and she uh, saw this guy. She described him as kind of tall and a little haggard-looking, thin, long, white beard. 
and he just kind of he she saw him dart into one of the rooms and knowing no one should be there because the tour was over uh, she kind of shined her uh, snake light into the room and there was no one there uh, she then went across to another room where she's like well maybe he went that way and I just saw wrong and she saw a little white dog uh, asleep <gasps> just curled up and she kind of she tried to get the dog's attention and here's the interesting thing the dog looked at her when she kind of you know called to it and the dog looked at her and she kind of was like trying to get it to come to her and then it just disappeared and that in a crazy nutshell very fast very the Waverly Hill yeah the Waverly Hill very nicely done And I guess that's it for our first well, live no, show. Well, no, we've got to do, have... you've got to guess. So what we do at the oh, end of oh, every yes, podcast. Oh, yes, yes, this is our thing. Is uh, Michael has to guess a quote, what movie the quote is from. So you fucking look that way. I don't know. He's a cheat, so I have to think. I am not a cheat. If I was a cheating, I would get these more often than I do. That's true. That's true. Okay. Okay. No, I did that now one Now you last cannot time. shout it out if you know it. But you can mouth it to me. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, hold on. Where is it? Okay. It's from a film. This is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. You wanna hear it again? No, that could be from any number of movies. It's not though, but it's fucking not. It's from a specific movie. I'm this ready. is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Do you want a hint? Mm, yeah. It's a Cory. <gasps> Wait, uh, the fucking vamp, uh, Lost Boys. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it is. I wouldn't have gotten that had she not given me the hint, so that's barely I, counts. I'm very helpful with my hints. So that, yes, Corey Feldman in The Lost Corey Boys. Corey Feldman. Oh, I love The Lost Boys, you guys. It's, it's such so a good, good. movie. It's so good. If you haven't seen it, you have to. Yeah, we're getting some yeah, notes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so thank you guys so much for being here for our podcast. You can follow us on ghoulintentions.com. We do a lot. We're live streaming this right now. We'll live stream other future podcasts as well. We are at ghoulintentions.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ghoulintention. No, at ghoulintent, because ghoulintentions ghoul was taken. Ghoulintent, yeah. And we're on Instagram, where we'll post some pictures from some of the places yeah. that we've seen today uh, so again thank you so much we can, th- this was our very first show you guys I think it went well yes. so if you like what you heard listen to it but also go to the website to submit your own personal experience for consideration to be read as our cold opening in a future episode Absolutely. because that's how we start every episode with one of your stories that one of us or our guest reads we'll on read, the podcast read, read. yes so we so, need and yeah. we need those submissions um and i guess remember it's, it's okay, okay to, to sleep, sleep with, with the, the lights on, on. Woo! thank you guys